Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Today, I'll be interviewing L.A. Kafalis, and she was raised and born in Barberton, Ohio. After high school, she went on to earn her Bachelor of Science degree in electrical engineering from the University of Akron. She has worked for a number of companies specializing in automation controls, including Goodyear Tire, where she specialized in machine control engineering. This job allowed her to travel the world. Today, she works as lead automation engineer for a company in the entertainment industry. In addition to her engineering background, she also has experience in communications, writing for multiple Fortune 500 companies. L.A. is also an alumnus of the Edit Center in Manhattan and served as assistant editor of Red Doors, which won Best Narrative Feature Award in your competition at the Tribeca Film Festival in 2005. L.A. has edited several trailers and has used her editing skills to do sound effects in her own animations. L.A. is no stranger to writing stories to entertain little folks. A Blob on a Bus is her second picture book in the Blob series, which chronicles school life with a bully. It is a continuation of This is a Blob, which follows a bully named a Blob as it makes its way around the playground. In addition to her picture books, she has also created several animated shorts, including Who's That Knocking, Chug and Crocs, Pots, and Wild Beasts, which screened at the 2010 Los Angeles Women's International Film Festival and was nominated for Best Independent Short in the Ages 5 to 8 category at the 2019 Kids First Film Festival. Um, so just also before I forget, because I, I never want to forget to mention um, the website, LA's website, and then this is a blob.com. So thank you so much for being here today. I'm really excited to ask you about your books. Hey, Becca, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. So you have a really interesting background. And um, I also want to, we're not going to talk about it like right now, but just later, I'd like to talk about, you know, your experience with the animated shorts, because I love right. watching shorts. Um so I just want to talk about a little bit about, about your background and how you began to write picture books, um, specifically the ones, you know, the ones that you wrote and what inspired right. you to write them. Right. Um, you make me think about how did I get into this because it was a slow process. Um, my background, yes, uh, the, I guess the BS in uh, electri electrical engineering brought me to work for Goodyear Tire and Rubber. And it allowed me to travel the world, which is one of my great joys is traveling internationally. I'm a big foodie. You left that out of the bio. I didn't tell you that, but. Oh, I, I am too. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. I love food. My, uh, I come from Greek and Italian background. So I had an Italian mother that she actually was originally from the East Coast. And she just introduced me to so many different uh, other ethnicities. So the, my love of food was from since I'm little. Um, I Like you said, I was born in Barberton, Ohio, which is um, 
right next to Akron. I think more people hear of Akron, Ohio, mainly because it's the hometown of uh, LeBron James. That's where it gets its notoriety. But it's also known for the rubber capital of the world. It had three main um, tire companies, Firestone, General Tire, and Goodyear were headquartered there. So I worked at uh, Goodyear most of my career. And um, I guess you asked, like, the book where that came in or the writing part with the the engineer part. Um, right. So I, I guess you did the shorts first and then you and then you started writing picture books. Yeah, I did. I started for some reason thinking that I should be able to animate before I write when animation is so much more difficult because the first story I wrote involved a character from Crockpots and Wildebeest, which is Alexandra, the great pretender. Um, I wrote a short uh, Crockpots and Wildebeest that talks about uh, the library. It's my love of the library, promoting library. And in all my stories, I just wanted wanted like give a message to kids like teach them something. Prior to Crockpots, I wrote a story about American history, teaching them American history, but it would have taken a team from Pixar to animate it, so that never happened. But I did do Crockpots, and um, the character Alexandra, interestingly enough, appears in my book, A Blob on a Bus. She's now grown up, though, so that was a fun process, staging her. If you if you go and look at the animation, you can see you mentioned my website. You can see the animation, and then in Crockpots, you'll see how how um, my illustrator Jeffrey Burns worked with me, and we aged her to be the appropriate age for the book. Oh, great! And that's all on your website. Yes. Okay, great. And what? So, what was the idea behind um, a blob series? You know what? Um, I started looking at the news, uh, the social media mainly, and seeing all the, sadly, the the suicides that were happening because of kids getting bullied. Just tragic. Like, you can even go on Google today and just Google a suicide and children and bullying, and there's just story after story after story. And they're just heartbreaking. And I just wanted to be my next story to be about something that where you could get children speaking at a young age about the effects that bullying has on others. And so that's where the picture book came into mind. Um, I knew from the start it had to be a series because I wanted it to start young, hence the picture book. But um, you're limited in storytelling. And in order to tell the A-Bob character's story, I always knew it needed to be a series. So um, I wrote from the beginning knowing that I wanted to write three books. So A Blob on the Bus is the second of that book. Right. And I like how at the end you put, just just to tell the anyone who's listening out there, um, what's really interesting about your books and unique is that it's kind of at the end is like almost like a cliffhanger. Right. Know? Like what will happen next? And so right. we were reading the books again last night and my son's like, oh, you don't have the third book? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? I did write. The third book is written. So if your son pays me the right amount of money, I can tell him what happens. No. <laughs> um, but it is written. I, I'm hoping that we get it illustrated because, it, I, you know, I see that you write children's book, but like the 
the process of writing a book or creating a film or creating animation, there's just each artist that comes into the process just adds another layer of creativity to it. And it's so exciting to, to watch it happen. Um, I don't know about you, but I like storyboard after I write, I storyboard my, my books um, to hand to the illustrator, but I, I allow the illustrator also, of course, they're much more talented than I, that they add to their, their own imagination to it. But um, so there's the, the writing of the story, there's the storyboarding, and then you bring in the illustrator who brings your words to life. And then you have the layout artist who adds the right fonts and the right spot images. And um, that's just that, that whole process is just such a fun process for me. Oh, it is such a fun process. That's what people always ask me about just writing stories. It's such a creative, great process. Yeah. It's exciting seeing the whole thing come together. And I was just curious about the storyboards because that's not something I do. Usually what I'll do is I'll, you know, when I'm writing a story, I'll kind of just put some like text in there about what I was imagining for the illustrations. But can you just talk a little bit more about your storyboard? Sure. And how you do it and how you present it to the illustrator? Sure. And like I said, I started first with um, animated shorts and or the idea of animating my story. So um, my first story, the American history story, the one that was more like a, uh, a it was just this crazy thing that I could never get animated because it was so, so much so I would need so many animators, but I worked with Gigi Harisso, who, who created the characters. That's the other thing I didn't talk about, the creation of the characters and seeing them come, what they're going to look like. Um, but we storyboard together the, um, the story, and, it's, and I took the film editing class, so it's very much like what they do in creating a film. I, I actually write what um, if it's going to be a close-up, if I see a faraway shot, and I write what happens, a description of what happens in that scene and direction even camera direction I, I put in there and that I think comes from my background of doing the edit center and then working on the storyboard for the animations and then I present that to um, to the illustrator and I and I'm a little bit hesitant sometimes to do that because I don't want to get them pigeonholed into an idea because they again can bring something that I wasn't even thinking but like you said you have images in your mind when you're writing the children's book and um I just want to convey some of that that idea as well right so that's so that's really interesting another thing I wanted to ask you about was um, the creation of the character of a blob. So just so just to go into, if you haven't read the, have you read the series? Um, if you haven't, also I'm going to have a review up with the podcast so you can kind of check out a little bit about the books and what they're about. But they're basically about a blob that is a bully. And so it's, and maybe Ella, you could explain a little bit more, but um, what was so interesting, I think, was the character. And so I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about why you made the bully a a blob and why was it purple? Because I feel like there's the, there's behind it, it's not something you just randomly just choose. It's something that's definitely well thought out. So I was just curious about that. 
Sure, yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but when I think of a bully character, and I you see it in film and cartoons, there's always a stereotypical white boy, crew cut, freckles, square jawed. This there's look, this image comes to mind, and um, I I kind of knew. I know we all know that bullies come in all shapes and sizes. They can't. They come in all colors, and I didn't want to limit like just stereotype. Hey, this is what look out for a bully he's gonna look just like this so the idea of the blob came to mind um it could be any shape it could be um tall short heavy skinny and also the color i i think the color purple um was i don't remember if that was right away or if that came and uh, i just wanted a, a color that people were not of any race associated with so that's where the purple came in and i don't know if you noticed though it's a dot blob so it's not the article a it's actually the letter a it stands for it's the blob's first name or whatever it stands for and that's maybe the mystery so far the series is what does that a stand for Oh, so that's really good. That's what I love about the podcast because, you know, a lot of that stuff kind of, if, if we don't ask the author, I may not have caught right. that. Right. You know? right. Um, and also what I loved about your books too, is that it came with the lesson plans. Oh, and so maybe you could just talk a little bit about that and that when people buy the book, will they also get the lesson plan? Is it available on your website or does it automatically come with the book when it's shipped? Yes. So the answer to your question, if they order it from Laughing Leopard Press, they will get the discussion guides, the material guides with the book. If they order it from Amazon, I do not think so. But it is Laughing Leopard. You can go to Laughing Leopard Press. You don't even have to buy the book. You can um, download them for free. And um, we we partnered with bully experts and people in um education to come up with these lesson lesson plans so the goal of the book always has been to prevent bullying before it starts and because bullying is a complex issue and especially to start talking with young children about we wanted to equip um, teachers parents with the tools they needed to to broach this topic and it's interesting because I you know just seeing what these experts these educators came up with asking questions what did you think when you met a blob would you be his friend what did you feel when you saw because the 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 illustrations are very uh graphical um that doesn't even make sense but they they yeah you know what i'm saying yeah and you're seeing them action oriented i guess is what i wanted to say and you want you want to know what you know it's making the children think about so the idea is to equip the 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 teachers with these tools and and i think Ultimately, our goal is to get the children to be connected, to be connected with the story, because, you know, as a child, you can tell them, don't do this, don't do that. But until they connect themselves with something, the the message is so much stronger if they can see themselves. One of the things, you know, I'm most proud about is like is the diversity that the book I wanted a child to be able to open the book and see themselves. Uh, um, I tried to represent multiple ethnicities that they could open and find something in themselves there. And, um, also 
in the in any bullying situation, there's really four participants. There's there's the bully itself. There's the bully's victim. There's the bystanders who are watching the bullying happen, and then there's the upstander, the person who stands up to the bully. So, uh, in also in my book, you'll find all of these characters represented. So the discussion guide sort of gets the, the the kids aware of this and talking about it. Yeah, and I, I do like the part where the girl stands up to the bully. I think that's I think that's a really important part of the book because I think that's something that really um, I think for some kids they may they may not know how to how to deal with that. They could be a bystander to it, um, right. but if they can't stand up, then definitely telling another adult about it. Um, because sometimes what I find just as a parent, um, and I also work in a lot of schools, um, right. is that sometimes there's, let's say there's stuff going on, but, um, the kids aren't communicating with the adults about it. Um, and now with school starting again, and it's been in session for some people a bit longer, but FOSTA just started, um, is that, you know, for, let's say for a parent, if your child, let's say, um, witness any sort of bullying incident and, just telling another parent so they could get the awareness going and it could be resolved because I oh, think, yes. yeah, that's, that's really one of the biggest things. And I think just kind of reading this book, you know, I think even just starting a discussion with your kids about bullying and, you know, what does bullying mean really in the beginning? I think even just defining what bullying means, because I think sometimes it also gets sort of confused with some other terms as well. And I think, um, you know, really defining it with the kids, like, well, what right. does that mean? Have you ever witnessed it? Have you ever felt like you're being bullied? Um, and, you know, and kind of just working through the different strategies with the kids and saying, well, you know, what, you know, what might you do? Or how, how do you think that feels to stand up to a bully? I mean, that's pretty scary right. for kids who really stand up and to, you know, just kind of like, like the girls did on the bus, just kind of standing up to the bully and saying, hey, we're not going to take this anymore. Right. Um, right. So. It, is, it is very important. You bring up uh, several great points. One is telling, telling um, an adult, like a lot of kids will keep it quiet and not tell their parents what's going on. That's very important that to tell the parents because they can put an end to it right away. And also the point that, you know, uh, what talk, to the kids, even before you read the book to them, try to get their feeling of what they understand of bullying. Because quite honestly, the word bullying is being thrown around a little bit loosely and not, if someone calls you a name, that's not necessarily bullying. Bullying is repetitive behavior. Bullying is a power uh, put over you that you have some sort sense of power over that person. Yeah. So just to define that even for adults. And and interestingly enough, I read one study where they said that um, if people stand up, like 10% of the, if people stand up, an upstander stands up to a bully, within 10 seconds, the bullying stops. But they said 80%, the same study said 80% of the time, uh, kids don't stand up. And I, I learned long, long time ago in um, sociology class of the mob mentality, uh, where you, where if you need help and there's a group of people watching you, they somebody won't automatically step up and 
and help you. They're waiting for somebody else to do it in the mob. So if you need help, you need to directly get eye contact with one person and ask them for help because a, a group of people, a group of kids, no, they won't necessarily do that in when there's a lot around. But if they're the only person around, they have a better chance to helping you. So I think there's some of that going on. Exactly. And I think what a lot of um, teachers are doing and well, not even just teachers, but, you know, I think schools in general are making more people aware of what bullying is so that it's not just something that the child has to deal with and that, you know, they're dealing with it on a school level. Um, So so I have another question for you, just because you do animated shorts. Have you ever thought about doing an animated short about, you know, about a blob? You know, I actually have him, uh, I have, you can see on the website, I have a, him 3D modeled. Uh, I would love to do that. I would love that to happen. We're going to see where, where this goes with the book and the series, but there's a 3D model. I mean, it looks pretty cool 3D. So, and I think the characters would lend themselves well to uh, 3D characters. So, yeah, I mean, I have lots of ideas and also a day job. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, Exactly. How did did that help you as far as like your background as an engineer? I mean, I know it helped you with the animation, but is there any way that as an engineer, it helped you with um, just writing picture books? I was just curious. Um, I maybe, you know, the software side of things for because everything like I do the trailers for the books now. I'm actually working on uh, a blob on the bus trailer right now. So just the, all the different softwares you have to work with. And that again came from the edit center. But one thing is uh, engineers are creative people. So people say, how do you, you know, you're the you're a engineer and a writer, but the engineers are some of the most creative people. I don't have to tell you that. So that creativity uh, lends itself well to writing. Sometimes engineers are not good communicators. Sometimes they talk in their own lingo and and it's and their acronyms and whatever. So maybe they can use a lesson on that as, as far as some of the communication skills. But um, just the creativity part, I guess. I guess that is something that is honed a little bit in school as well in engineering school. It's so interesting. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we end? No, I'm just very happy that you, um, and that you had me on the, uh, podcast. I'm looking forward to seeing more on your website and listening because I podcast all the way to work. Now I have a long commute. So that's my, my uh, way of making the traffic go by quickly. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to tune into your, your podcast as well, add you to my list. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much for being here because I think you're really interesting. And I think you also just, I, you know, I think a lot of times people think that to write a, uh, you know, to write a book or to do anything, you have to have, you know, let's say the background as, as a professional writer. Um, but that we all come all, you know, authors come from all different backgrounds. Right. right. And I think we all bring something to the table. And I think that your experience with engineering and animated shorts brings a really interesting twist to writing picture books. Um, and so I just think it's awesome. And I, I also love the message in your books. I love the unique idea of the continuation of the books. It makes the kids really engaged and want to keep reading the books. So, um, I'm excited to read your third book. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, I'll get to it. I got to get the illustrator working. But thanks so much for those kind words. I appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks again. Okay, Becca. See you well, later. Thank, thank you for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime. Time.